what valentine's day is about so they say the dates don't match but hey whatever right it's a hallmark holiday and we must all remember love right and you know love is uh a four-letter word that um can be overused or underused and um well today i'm gonna keep my show kind of short to continue my Valentine's Day. Uh, <laughs> obviously, my older children, uh, Carlo and Hera, going out to dinner. Uh, Phoebe's doing her homework now, and we will continue our Valentine's Day by watching K-dramas together on Netflix about Korean kids in high school that turn into zombies. Uh, so <laughs> um, uh, I have um, always pondered the word love and um, um, and what it means. And I, th I think a lot of people have. It is a simple four-letter word that uh, uh, just sounds full of feelings, but it can uh, also be charged with emotion. And for me, uh, love is... Is, is a word that I, I may say to someone, uh, male, female, friend, not friend, uh, <laughs> because I do indeed love them. But I, I'm the type of person that uses different words, you know, like adore or um, cherish or um, appreciate, uh, which is uh, something that I find that people don't. Uh, they always use the word love. And um, love is a generic word for many types of, of love, I think. Um, so when you think of love, you think of uh, parts and emotions. Other people find it sexual, right? But um, there are many people that uh, understand that love is basking in, in warmth and, and safety, and uh, that is how I feel uh, that love should uh, be embraced as. Um, the ability to be embraced in feelings of safety, security, and, and warmth, right? Uh, so 
Before we just get to the news, uh, I wanted to kind of go through two versions of what people tell you St. Valentine's Day is. Now, all of them have kind of the same story, but we've already talked about calendars. So I think, uh, you know, one thing, I, I had a conversation, a very brief conversation with someone earlier uh, today in the morning uh, over text. And this person has been uh, putting together analyses on election fraud for two decades. And so many people have come out of left field to solve the problem, to deal with the problem. And I completely understand where this person is coming from. You know, it seems like everyone's an expert, right, on election fraud because, uh, you know, they've seen it once or maybe twice, or maybe they've used it in the field overseas, or maybe they work for the State Department. I don't know. But that doesn't make them an expert to understand the mechanisms, the methods, and the ways. And this one person kind of said exactly what I said. If you want to fix election fraud, you have to start at the beginning. Almost like what Durham's doing. He's starting at the beginning. He's starting from the source, from the ignition of what Russia hoax was. And once you get to the source of it, then you find the fuel, right? And so election fraud, in order to be rectified, in order to be terminated, and in order for it not to be a problem going forward, must indeed be taken care of from the spot where it ignited from, from the moment in time. So I cherish this person's work. I've conveyed that to them. And while they see it from the outside in and identifying and putting in the analysis, I saw it from the other side. And therefore, hmm, all coming to the same point. And like I've said before, in the intelligence community, keeping secrets is like a puzzle. It's a mosaic. And you never know what peace someone else can give you to put it all together. And that's what's key here. And this is why you guard your pieces very close. Sometimes you give a piece to attract another piece, right? But this guy had all the corners to that puzzle. He just didn't have the sauce, right? And uh, the sauce was the centerpieces. You know, they're really messed up stuff in puzzles, right? And so what's happening now is what you're seeing now is pure panic. But let's talk about love. For me, love of country is first. For me, oops, uh, the ability to love something means that you will fight for it morning, day, and night. And you know what my love is? It's not just my country. It's freedom. That's it. That is our God-given right to have the opportunity to exercise free will. Regardless if you're shadow or not, free will is a God-given right and should be embraced. And uh, unfortunately, until people can see 
the chains, the invisible chains that they are wearing, it's very hard to break them. Because in order to solve a problem, you must identify the problem. And unfortunately, uh, there's not a lot of identifying. It's more band-aids, more let's jump to conclusions. So let's talk about St. Valentine and what one version of his story says. Two thousand years ago, the most powerful army in the world belonged to the Romans. The Romans were so strong that they conquered almost all of Europe and parts of Asia and Africa. But then they began to grow very rich and a little bit lazy. Life in the army was harsh and many of the soldiers longed for the comforts of home. They wanted to get married and set up families. The emperor, whose name was Claudius II, grew worried that his army was growing soft, and so he made a law that no soldier was allowed to get married. By that time, many of the Romans were Christians, and one of their leaders was a bishop called Valentine. He believed that if a man and woman fell in love with each other, they should get married. And so he decided to let soldiers get married in his church, even though now it was against the law. The soldiers' weddings were meant to be kept secret. But as you know, all secrets are hard to keep. And soon the word got out. Valentine was arrested and brought before the emperor, who demanded that he stopped helping soldiers to marry, and instead that he pray to the gods of Rome. When he refused, the emperor sentenced him to death. While Valentine was in prison, the jailer's daughter used to bring him his food. She was a young woman who was unfortunately blind. She and Valentine used to spend long hours talking to each other, and soon they fell in love. One day, Valentine put his hand through the bars of the cell and touched the lids of her closed eyes. When she opened them again, she could see it was a miracle. Valentine's execution was set for the 14th of February. On his last night on earth, he wrote his final message to the girl. He signed his love letter from your Valentine. This took place in the year 270. And ever since, lovers have sent each other messages on February the 14th with the same signature. Um, so that's one version of Valentine's day and story. Now that was the 14th of February 270, which means it was actually the 12th month of the year because back then, well, no, not, yeah, it was the 12th month of the year because the first month of the year was actually March. So, you know, I guess they just picked it. 
because it sounded good, possibly. Now, let's see what um, Ancient History Encyclopedia has to tell us. For Cupid, chocolates, and red roses, there were animal sacrifices, wolves, and couples chosen by lot. Stick around to learn all about the history of Valentine's Day. Hello and welcome to Ancient History Encyclopedia. My name is Kelly and today in honour of Valentine's Day, we're going to have a look at the day's origins and its legendary history. Don't forget the easiest way to support us is by giving this video a like and subscribing to our channel so you don't miss out on any new uploads. Across the world and in many forms, Valentine's Day or Saint Valentine's Day is celebrated by the giving of gifts, cards and flowers in the name of the Christian Saint Valentine on February the 14th. According to legend, there were at least three different Christian saints named Valentine or Valentinus who were martyred, one of which because they kept marrying young couples in secret even though the Roman emperor, Claudius II, had banned young men from getting married because they were the best soldiers and he preferred them unwed. This story, like every other concerning the holiday, is not historically attested. Another concerns itself with the first Valentine greeting given by a man or a priest named Valentine. In prison, he fell in love with a young girl and before his death, he wrote her a note and ended it with, from your Valentine, a saying which is still in use today. Whatever the true story is behind these legends, they all concern themselves with romantic notions, something that has survived to the modern day. It has also been claimed that the Roman festival of the Lupercalia was the origin for modern day Valentine's Day. The Lupercalia was celebrated between the 13th and the 15th of February and can be traced back to the 6th century BCE. Lupercalia was thrown in honour of both the fertility god Luperca and the she-wolf Lupus, who nurtured the founders of Rome, Romulus and Remus. The Luperci, who were Roman priests, would sacrifice a dog for purification and a goat for fertility at the beginning of the festival at the sacred cave where it was believed that Romulus and Remus were cared for by the she-wolf. Based on Roman texts, can I just say something? So as we saw, no offense, okay, I just want to throw some humor in here. Here they are sacrificing, but it's all men touching each other. I don't care how much fertility blood you spill. These, you know, no, no, that doesn't work. It doesn't get you pregnant. So um, I just thought I'd point that out. Um, you know, the whole men on men uh doesn't really make babies, but okay, here's a chick. It's nice and round too, but there's like, these are all men. They can't get pregnant. Just saying. Based on Roman texts at the beginning and at the end of the Lupercalia, young men would race naked around the Roman circus and slap at women with a bloody hide. This was thought to increase their chances of getting pregnant or if they already were for them to have a healthy child. Later texts claim that young, unmarried boys and girls of a marriageable age were paired off during the Lupercalia and that this established the romantic connection which carried on through Valentine's Day. This claim, however, has been challenged by modern scholars. The first mention of Valentine's Day in writing appears in circa 1382 in the Parliament of the Fowls, written by the English poet Geoffrey Chaucer. 
the Parliament of the Fowls, relates the tale of the mating of the birds on St. Valentine's Day and how the eagles, who were the top of the social ladder, had to choose first before others could choose their mates. The three male eagles argue over who will have the hand of the fair female until Mother Nature gets tired of all this talk and asks the female which of the three she would choose, and she says she will have none of them and will wait until next year. The rest of the birds rejoice because they can finally express their love and choose a mate. Chaucer presents the observance of Valentine's Day as if his audience would already be acquainted with it, even though it hasn't been written down prior to his poem. This has led scholars to believe that Chaucer actually invented Valentine's Day and his poem of love, courtship and mating established the themes for the modern holiday. The central image of Valentine's Day, the heart and the winged Cupid, definitely comes from Rome. Cupid was the son of the messenger god Mercury and Venus, the goddess of love. He was envisioned as a winged baby with a bow whose arrows would inspire love in anyone he struck. Beginning in the 14th century CE, Christian artists began depicting the pagan Cupid as a Christian angel, and by the early 19th century CE, baby Cupid with his bow and heart symbolising love began appearing on Valentine's Day cards. Since the 19th century, the holiday has only become more and more popular, and it is now one of the most widely observed holidays in the world, in whatever form that may take. So, how do you feel about Valentine's Day? Do you celebrate it? Are you a fan of it? Let us know down in the comments below. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this video, chuck it a like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on any new uploads. Yeah, so that is what they tell you Valentine's Day is. And you must accept one of the narratives or all of them at once. Your choice. Uh, it's kind of interesting if you think about it. Which one do we go to? Which one do we pick? Which narrative will we decide is good enough right now and uh, that we will accept? So Valentine's Day, it's just another commercial holiday. Remember, you are not only the consumer, but you are also being consumed. Spinning on a hamster wheel while very few make money. And you have to think, take a 40,000 foot view. Why are you in a hamster wheel? What is your purpose? Why are you constantly spinning and spinning and spinning? And Valentine's Day is exactly that reflection that I get. It is the one holiday that I think, damn, you know, you can't really tie it with whatever religion like Easter you can or pagan stuff or uh, you can't do it with the Christmas because it's like a religious thing, no, 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 right? Halloween, uh, it's pagan. We know its origin, but Valentine's Day is weird. Now, speaking of weird, um, remember the story that I've told you, how the Christian church changed. What was the rule that they created? That the Pope is God's representative, official. He's holy. And that priests within the Catholic church are not allowed to marry. Hmm. Sounds like soldier stuff soldier stuff. I just want to point that out because, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of things are said about people and religion, all woo woo. You know, someone that I admire asked me, do you believe in prophecies? 
And I thought to myself, you know, what a better day than to prophesize, uh, to, to ponder on prophecies, excuse me, not prophesize, um, than on the day that is evidently a Hallmark holiday just to make money, sell you chocolates and flowers. I mean, we buy into it because we love it, right? I went, actually, let me say this hiatus, okay? I've got to. I went to this store called Mitchell's. It has fine chocolates, right? And I wanted to get my girl something super awesome for Valentine's Day. Um, you know, uh, rose-shaped chocolates. I wanted to get myself caramels. Those are like my favorite. And so I went to the store. It's um, East Cleveland. And it's uh, been there since 1939. So lucky me, I find a parking spot right in front of the store. I'm excited. I'm like, shit, don't even have to trek through snow and ice. I am rolling out of my car, rolling right in there. I walk in. The store has a customer buy the chocolate case at the, you know, teller, and it looks empty. So I start looking. I'm like, oh, I like those. And this big flamboyant dude. Hey, listen, you need to go on the back of the line. I'm looking around for a line and I don't see a freaking line. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not ready to check out. I'm just, no, back of the line. So he shows me this narrow hallway and I'm like, um, well, can I look around? No, you're going to look around when it's your turn. And I was like, all right, okay, thanks. So I go down this, um, this, uh, hallway and there's, uh, uh, two ladies all wearing masks and then another lady wearing a nice mask. And then it's me. And then right behind me comes a lady without a mask and an old man without a mask. And then, and I'm like, damn, where did they come from? I didn't see them come in. I wasn't paying attention. I was more concerned that this flamboyant big man, right, is shouting at the customers to hurry up. Don't touch it on the table. If you see it, tell me what you want and I'll go in the back and get it. I'm like, uh, you know, there's a place in New York where you go get soups and it's called the Soup Nazi. Worse than that. Okay. With the Soup Nazi, it was a gimmick. This guy was just like, not good. So anyway, uh, I, I, the lady behind me, she's sitting there texting. Oh, once I get behind the ladies, I'm like, uh, I'm like, what is going on? She's like, I don't know. I think it's COVID. And I was like, we're still playing that game. She goes, yeah, I think it's going to stop soon. I'm like, says the lady in the mask, right? But anyway, the lady that popped up behind me afterwards, I didn't even see her come, nor did I see the old thing. And she was just rolling her eyes. This is the first time I kept my mouth shut. The only snarky comment I made, I made was, are we still playing this game? Because I heard the chocolates are really, really good. So, you know, I was like, I just want my fucking chocolate. Um, so the lady behind me, maskless, rolling her eyes. She's like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's super weird. So anyway, I get to the front of the line. So now I'm out of this hallway right? And I'm right there. I could see the front door and I could see all the chocolate. So I'm looking, listen to this. I am looking at the shelf right next to me, like three inches to my right. And I'm like, oh, that's a horsey candy. Uh, Hera loves horses. Maybe I should get her a chocolate horsey thing. And he's like, don't, it's not your turn. And I'm like, right. I'm just like, right. I'm not going to lose my shit. 
So he goes, come, he comes with the basket. I was like, thank you. I appreciate it. He goes, now don't touch anything on the tables. The only thing you can touch is this where you could take, if you want anything from there, you need to tell me anything from there. You need to tell me. I'm like, whatever. So I just pick a couple candies and he, his flamboyant leaves. So I go to the front and I'm like, Hey, from your chocolate case, I like two of the marshmallow ones, five of the caramels. And I want to try this lemon thing. So she's packing the candy and he starts yelling at her, yelling at her like yelling. And this lady had like the bluest hair. She had like a thing that said they, them on her. And he was talking to some other dude in the back saying, she doesn't understand. She's like, it's they. And I'm like, damn, now these two are going to have it out. <laughs> so I just watched the shit show go. And I thought that's really wrong. He's telling her off for serving a customer from the case. He's like, it's Valentine's day. We just need to hurry up and get them out. And it's like, whoa. And I thought to myself, wow, it is a really commercial holiday. Has nothing to do about love. We've got two LGBTQ members fighting about pronouns and they want the customers to get the fuck out, right? And hurry up. And I'm just like, can they not see it? This is the problem. So I'm sitting there. She's packing it. He's like, I told you not to. She's like, well, I already told her that I'm going to do two identical boxes. So, you know. And so she's packing it. And I was like, I'm sorry. So I tipped the lady, uh, the young lady with the blue hair. She was like, thank you. I was like, next time vote for Trump. And she just looked at me like, damn, maybe this bitch is right. <laughs> so uh, I'm just saying I was standing there. Oh, by the way, while they were fighting, I had taken one of those lollipops and I was totally munching on it, you know, eating and then just looking at them go at it. It was super hilarious. But it was at that point that it really solidified the fact that it had nothing to do with love. See, if it had to do with love, Right. And how many places did you go to today to go get flowers that was love or chocolate that was filled with love? Nothing, nothing. All of them were stressed out, churn and burn. Let's go. Let's sell these chocolates. Let's sell these flowers. There was none. Do you know how much money people would spend? If you walked in, you're like, hello, happy Valentine's day. Um, are you getting something for someone you love or is it just because you love yourself? And that's exactly what what I was um, doing. I was kidding. Stuff for people I love, but definitely something for me who I love. I even bought my own self flowers. I was like, yeah, I'm getting some of them pink roses right now. Um, so it showed that indeed, where is that love? It's Valentine's Day. Why are you so stressed out? Why are you so mean? Why are you so tacky? Why are you treating the consumer like you're turning burn? At that point, I'm looking back and I'm like, are all these people just like, I mean, for me, it's the first and the last time I will come here. But is no one upset that he talks about his customers like that? Is he not upset? Same thing. I'll tell you, when I went to the flower shop, I was really disappointed because I ordered some flowers for Phoebe and for Hera. And I was kind of like, you know, I was like, oh, um, that's what I get. Like, I was like, um, it just seemed really lackluster. And then so the guy came over to like be like, well, if you don't want it, I can refund you. And I was like, it's not that. I just wanted to make it special. You know, it's Valentine's Day. And you know what? That's the first glimmer of, he was like, okay, I get it. I'll fix it. And it's like, seriously, you have to come next to me in proximity, like a bitch and be like, look, 
I can refund you if you don't like it, in order to understand that it wasn't about, you know, a refund. It was like, I was just not happy and I wanted to show it to be lovely, not just, you know, sticks wrapped with a stick. And I was like, it's lackluster. I feel like I picked it up at the, you know, meat district in New York on the side from the Chinese lady that, you know, picks her teeth with, with a key. Don't ask. Long story. And he like leaned over and he was like, okay, I understand it's really stressful. I was like, it shouldn't be. This shouldn't be consumerized if it's a real holiday, is it? But the thing is, it's not a real holiday. It's all about consumership and sex, of course, because, you know, there was this TikTok I freaking saw one evening that I wanted to share. It was a checkout counter girl with the song, oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 no. And it shows her checking this guy out every time she's doing the no, no, the song is going and she's checking out chocolates and flowers. And then the last one is a plan B box. And she was like, what? Um, it's all about sexualization. Uh, you know, people trying to meet expectations, uh, people wanting to go out on dates, people like, Oh, is he going to pop the question? It's like, really you want him to pop on February 14th. You know, the best way someone pops the question is you're in the bathroom. You just finished peeing, you're washing your hands and you walk out. That's a surprise. Not this whole freaking show with doves and, and stuff like that. You know, it's just like, uh. and then flowers, they're nice all the time. I love flowers. Thing is, I don't have a lot of them because my cat loves them too and breaks my vases trying to eat them. So, you know, it doesn't have to be the holiday, even though it's a consumer holiday, if you put aside the consumerism and whatever history is behind it, if you actually take the idea of it, you take the power back from the holiday, from being consumerism to actually what it means for. And I would have loved to see people say, you know, today is Valentine's Day and I declare my love for freedom. I would have loved to see that. But, you know, it's all, um, you know, dates and dinners and people stressing out, women getting done up, the waxing, the, the plucking, the heels. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's pretty hot. But on, the, on that day, like everybody else, you're just, a, you're just a hamster on that wheel going. So we should love all the time. Now, I want to shift gears, but I thought in order to shift gears, we need a song because we're going to be talking, you know, some politics right now, just a little bit. So let's get this song to switch gears. Uh, and it has some pretty good visuals too. <laughs> I, wait, I'm trying to think which one. The, I'm gonna go with girls. I like Cindy Lauper. You like Cindy Lauper? I do. All right, let's go. Let me go Saying all the things That I know you're about Make a good conversation I got a handle You just right You know what I Your face. 
have fun I gotta know why can't you Why can't you just let me go Physical, physical I wanna get physical Let's get into physical Let me be body talk Oh, oh, oh I could say that that video, Nasty Miley Cyrus, of course, biting women. I mean, we did show all the dudes in the Roman place sacrificing, hoping they get pregnant when there was only a sausage fest there. So why not, right? Uh, let's take it on the other. But Dua Lipa and Miley Cyrus, yeah, and that, uh, you know, compare and contrast. You know, I, think about it. That song, <laughs> I want to get physical, right? <laughs> Dude, fat shame much? Like, that was so weird. Like, nobody nobody got offended back then, right? Showing fat dudes with bellies, trying to work out. You know what I really like those? Those buff dudes with the, with the, oh. <laughs> with the spandex stuff. That everybody does memes doing aerobics. So weird. But um, see, the times have changed. And we have seen that times have changed. Um you know, over the past five days, I've been struggling, um, uh, probably because I allow it to bother me, right? But now we're coming to the point where everything that we've been talking about since 2018, quite frankly, right, we've been talking about it in a very frank way, uh, pretty much spelling it out, and writing articles for years and talking about it for years are all coming to the surface now. And uh, sometimes I wonder, you know, is it, is it a purpose that it's coming out now and it didn't happen earlier? I mean, I'm not one to judge, right? Not one to, yeah, I get angry because I know the pain that's coming for many. I knew it then. I still know it now. And many of you can see it too. And I guess that's where my frustration, uh, stems because, uh, kind of like those that entered into Sodoma, Gegomora, one 
If you can find one person, you take them. And there were so many that could have. Why did it have to be this way? I think that's why I'm upset. That I don't understand his ways, right? I do not understand his ways. And, and this is why I, I, I believe my frustration uh, comes um, from that. See, now everyone is learning <laughs> that the president was wiretapped. Uh, how else was I monitoring everything? I mean, I pretty much said it flat out. I'm watching them watch him. I'm watching them listening to him. I can hear everything that they're hearing. They're talking about it. It's open. It's there. It's out in the open. And, you know, uh, when people were talking about Eric Sierra like he was like some big spy, I'm like, you freaking idiots. It was a damn wiretap. And I wrote an article about it, and everyone was like, this BS, no, 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 for months until President Trump finally said, hmm, is there really a whistleblower? And that's where Millie tweeted to the president and said, well, my whistleblower said it was a wiretap. And then he was like, were they listening to me? Yeah, because I heard it all. And people might say, oh, that's not, yeah, really? Well, now you're finding out there's private intelligence agency offshore that are gathering all your information. I had admin access to that fucking server until Millie dropped her report that she did with me. We took down GCHQ and all the other companies. When I say something, you know, a lot of people are like, nah, it's like, eh, you know, at least the right people were listening. Like, Durham or whoever's really doing all the work, right? I have pretty much laid it out. There is no, oh, if, ands, buts. And here we are with the truth staring us in the face. And obviously Rick was his sexy satchel comes in to lay it all out too. Uh, well, this filing shows Clinton campaign. It spied on candidate and president Trump. Uh, Durham's filing shows the Clinton campaign. Okay, we just need to stop right there. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Yes, Hillary Clinton was responsible. But if you read my Perkins Coey articles, Perkins Coey, the account where they were getting all this money and billing for these jobs, were not just Hillary Clinton's. Obama for America was commingled. And so is the DNC cash. So they're sacrificing their freaking queen to hide him. But that's not going to cut it. See, and in the end, when all this comes out, the way it will come out, obviously Hillary Clinton was a big part of it, but it was not her operation. You know, you heard Patrick Byrne talk about the Bunsen burner, right? <laughs> this was his insurance. They tie her up in a bow, apple in the mouth, and in the oven she goes. They sacrificed her. Now, behind that was Barack Hussein Obama. And remember, who was, who was the advisor to Senator Obama before he became president? Do you know the answer to that question? The answer is John Owen Brennan. John Owen Brennan was the advisor to Senator Obama before he became president. After he became president, <laughs> he went back to hooking up what he needed to get hooked up. And then he came back as CIA director. And it's like, guys, that was my 
peak period. So, and page 44 is coming to a close, 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 close. So we're getting there. Now we figured out there's wiretap. Shit. We knew that for like forever and a day before. Now we see Perkins Coey involved and Hillary Clinton paying for stuff. You know, we knew that. But who was fucking president when it happened? That's the question. Who tasked the intelligence agency? Who tasked the State Department? Who gave the orders? Who was part of, what was that group I was part of? That's right, high value intelligence group. <laughs> there were very few. They actually spied on Trump as well as his White House. Are you kidding that's where we begin tonight. Bombshell legal, legal filing, filing found. Hillary's 2016 campaign paid an, an internet company to infiltrate the servers, as we just outlined in the preamble, at Trump Tower and the White House, falsely linking Donald Trump to Russia. Joining me now is former acting director of intelligence, former U.S. ambassador to Germany and Newsmax senior national security analyst Rick Rennell. It's always great to see you, Ambassador. A uh, little trip down memory lane here. In October of 2020, President Trump was interviewed on 60 Minutes and CBS's Leslie Stahl would not let him tell his side of the story. Watch this. The biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes. And we can't put on things we can't well, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on you. things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. Yeah. Leslie Stahl, will you be actually, you know, having another one of these interviews? Certainly did not age well, that clip, uh, Mr. Ambassador. Durham's findings signal a real threat in my mind to the republic. I think it's treasonous. What do you say? Well, first of all, you can't verify something if you don't assign someone to look at it. Uh, it's really unbelievable what's happening in Washington, D.C. I, I think, though, Chris, you know, those of us who live outside of Washington, D.C. have to stop expecting Washington, D.C. types to ever investigate or do anything about this. I mean, we're, we're starting to look foolish when we're begging them to tear down their own brothers and sisters and colleagues and comrades. We need to send people to Washington, D.C. that will just do it because they're never going to do it on their own. The media are never going to investigate. We have to stop asking because we're starting to look like we've been hoodwinked when all of a sudden we're begging this third system, the, the fourth estate, if you will, to try to play fair. They're never going to play fair. I mean, what we just saw over this weekend, Durham telling us that Hillary Clinton and her team were paying for people to spy on Donald Trump as a candidate and Donald Trump is president. Yeah, it's 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 flat. Well, let's play. Let's 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 like suss this out for a second. Hillary Clinton's campaign, along with Obama for America and the DNC, were indeed paying clowns to get this done. But the thing is, it was a DARPA uh, setup. So it was Obama's Department of Defense that set this shit up. Happened to be a Greek that was running point on that with another Greek that had a side company for it with another Greek, all of them MIT, you know? Well, the one thing that I learned quite quickly is that um, in order to maneuver evil, you have to find its Achilles heel or what's ingrained. So I'll tell you this. 
and I've said this um, a lot. Greek people are tribal. You know, if you're in a room, a crowded room, and you don't know anyone, and you spot a Greek, you suddenly hit up conversation. What part of Greece are you from? Yeah, that's it. You're friends. It's done. You've got an in, no matter who blacklists you. And so you always have that in. So when you sniff out that, hey, there's someone at the DOD coordinating some shenanigans, I mean, that's how you find out where the closet is for 2016 to rig the elections to, because that'll be so much fun. Same thing. But uh, if you, when you will see, you'll see that it was all Greek Americans, thirsty Greeks that are tribal. And that's the thing. They're tribal. See, that doesn't work with me. And I feel, well, I am, you know, both my parents were Greek, right? hundred percent. I don't do the tribal shit though, because that is a weakness. Hillary Clinton was put up because Obama hated her. She's old gods. He's new gods. He's created gods, right? They set it up. It was Obama's department of defense. Who signed off on it is the question. Whose signature was it? You know, it's too bad. I wasn't there. Part of the high value intelligence group at the time. You know, because a lot of people thought it was about interrogating terrorists. Oh, man. It was a bucket. It was a basement in the White House with the biggest damn spooks on the planet that are private contractors. Can't have any ties to them, right? And they are the ones that did everything. And I've said this before. People like me didn't work for agencies. People like me don't work for the FBI. In fact... It's the FBI, the DOD, the military, and the agencies that work for us. And that is a fact. These private companies that are above all are the ones that task your federally tax-paid, you know, (laughs) federal tax dollars paying agencies to protect you, right, that are working for us. You should ask a lot of generals that have been in the field where they're out there executing tasks on whatever they've been told, but they only go in there with like 10% of the intelligence. Cause you know, uh, the agency has 20% of the intelligence and there's a private company on top of that with people from around the world sitting down and pulling the strings of the puppets and making sure that the agreements that they have for immunity are in place and that the things that we want to happen, happen. See, as I've said, people like me don't exist because if they exist, then you realize just how nothing your government is globally. And people are starting to realize it now. They're starting to realize because the talk of private intelligence agencies, above all, we're having a say. See, yet for whatever reason, (laughs) you think it was just your agencies. Your agencies are maneuvered by others. You know, let's talk elections. Everyone's talking about Eric. No shit. Soros funded that shit. Take a look at your secretary of states that embraced that bitch. Yeah. 
software to mine all your data and share it with these global intelligence agencies. Your attorney generals signing memorandums of understanding, sharing your private identifying information with private intelligence agencies. You know, no one even batted an eyelash. Oh, the FBI identified the the bomber uh, in Belgium from facial recognition. How the fuck did they do it? Why do they have this foreign guy in Belgium on their database? No, because it wasn't their database. You see, that's how it goes. The government, the way it runs is really just a facade. Abergassing, you know, I got to ask you too, you mentioned what it was, it was dropped on a Friday, this news. And that, that is, of course, the Friday before the NFL's toilet bowl, uh, a weekend where Russia is doing a whole bunch of saber rattling and the invasion of Ukraine. Are you at all suspicious about the timing of this release? I'm not because Durham has demonstrated that he is very independent. I wish Durham would, would hurry up. I think a lot of these findings um, should have been done a long time ago. I don't know what's taken so long. But my hope is that he will uh, remain independent. And, uh, you know, I look forward to people being prosecuted. I, I have to say, if the Democratic Party spying on a candidate and the president of the United States to find dirt, and to push false narratives. If that's not enough for the pe- American people to wake up and see what dirty tricks are being played, I don't know what is ever going to be enough. This is it. This is the smoking gun. This is the fire. I mean, put all of your analogies in one uh, bucket because uh, this is it. We just caught them and yep. Durham caught them. And the big question is, when will be enough? When will they respond? Yeah. Where's Leslie Stahl? Your successor, by the way, John Ratcliffe, is saying we, he expects more indictments to come out during the Durham probe. How do you think this all goes? Could we see this go as high as President Obama or maybe even then Vice President Biden? Could they be implicated? Could, 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 it, could it lead to their doorstep that maybe they, give, they gave Team Hillary all this access to the White House to target Donald Trump? Is that possible? Well, I don't want to speculate, but let's just talk about facts here for a second, Chris. Uh, The reality is um, there is no possible way that an outside Internet company from Georgia Tech could be hacking the White House, the executive office, the president of the United States and his team without help from inside the U.S. government. There's just no possible way. So what I would like to know is who knew within the intelligence community that Hillary Clinton was paying for this entity, this group of people, to spy on the president of the United States and to try to find dirt. This is scandalous. What is happening in Washington, D.C., where people aren't covering this story? I want to know mm. who on the inside was in, in, you know, in cahoots with this outside entity. There's no possible way the outside entity could have done this without having members. So... Do you guys want to hear the outside entity's name? So let's talk Georgia Tech, right? So it's a Greek name, a Greek guy named Manos, right? And he was talking to a guy <laughs> that was uh, working at the DOD. And this guy at the DOD um, was a friend of his. He left the DOD, I think it was in 2019, created his own company after that. And... Um, his, you know, he kind of looks like George Papadopoulos, but isn't, of course. Um, 
this guy is named Angelo. <laughs> tiger, tiger, tiger. It is the year of the tiger. You know, I should show this. Give me a second. I should show this. We're talking. It is the year of the tiger. So I think it's important that I show you this quickly. <laughs> the irony. The irony when people want to say that they know what they're talking about, right, when they don't. Let me show you the guy at the DOD, right? Let me show you the guy at the DOD. Let me show you who Manos was chit-chatting, right, with at the DOD. Here you go. Here's your Obama guy. Loves Tiger. <laughs> so, you know, what's interesting is, is that Rick was sticking to what's public, right? So Manos had his little Georgia Tech thing, got funding for it. Jaffe was the in-between guy, okay? Listen, Jaffe was just the guy that was making the deals. He was in between, okay? Let's not talk about Jaffe, okay? So this is Angelo. Angelo. Yeah, he worked for the DOD. In fact, he's a really smart guy. Freaking smart as shit. He worked at DARPA <clears throat> up until in 2018 for information innovation. He was the one responsible for an enhanced attribution. Enhanced attribution. So he can, you know, have concurrent independent malicious cyber campaigns simultaneously each involving several operators and the means to share such information with any number of interested parties. <laughs> so that's what he did. At DARPA, he was in charge of active cyber defense, anomaly detections, um, um, AA, um, active authentication. He did all that. <laughs> Same. He swims with sharks as well. He likes tigers. You know, you swimming with a shark. Uh, sometimes you get bitten in the ass. So what he created after that was this private company called Voreas Labs, right? Once he got out in 2018, I mean, it was way too much, right? Way too much. Just help steal elections, wiretap a president right under his nose. He set that shit up right under his nose. Or so he thought. Like I said, Greeks are very tribal. Very dumb, too, especially when they're thirsty. Members of the intelligence community, the, in, the inspector general for the intelligence community needs to launch an immediate investigation. And if he won't do it, then in 2024, when Republicans win back the White House, we will do it. Yeah. And, and maybe maybe there could be a select committee in Congress started in 2022. Maybe Liz Cheney and Adam Kinsinger can actually can actually. Oh, wait a minute. They won't be there. Uh, let's turn to the Russia-Ukraine crisis, Ambassador. British Armed Forces Minister James, I believe his last name is pronounced Heppy or Heapy, says he fears that we are closer than we've been on this continent to a conflict since the opening days of the Cold War. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, a guy, by the way, who's up to his eyeballs in that Hillary Clinton scandal, urged Americans to flee Ukraine over the weekend. But according to Zelensky, the United States is actually creating a panic and chaos. Watch this. And the truth that we have different information. And now 
the best friend for enemies that is panic in our country. And all this information that helps only for panic doesn't help us. Well, so, Ambassador, who are we to believe? Are we to believe the Russians and the Ukrainians say that war is an imminent? It's only the Biden administration and maybe with some help from Germany saying that it's, it's all going to happen. What do you think? Imagine if a president of the United States for sure thought that there was going to be a war, a bloody war, and yet refused to put the crippling sanctions on the pipeline, which is fueling this war. I think that Washington, D.C., it once again is trapped into this military decision-making process. The Pentagon uh, looks at every situation and is prepared for some sort of military conflict or reaction. The president doesn't have to choose the military option every single time. You can use sanctions. You can use uh, peaceful measures. You can use the State Department. But I've never seen the State Department shoved off to the side as we rush our troops into uh, Europe and really prepare for a war that even the Ukrainians aren't quite sure is going to happen. Look, the, the Russians can't be trusted. Uh, they're going to do everything they can to push the envelope on on separating NATO members. Uh, this is an exercise to attack NATO. And Joe Biden's response is to give the Germans more and more when the Germans aren't paying their NATO obligations. If you want to talk about strengthening NATO, the first line is to make sure that every member of NATO is living up to their obligations. Joe Biden did not even bring up the issue with Olaf Scholz. Our, our, it's unbelievable how much we're just letting the Germans get away with undermining NATO and saying we're only going to put sanctions on the Russian pipeline if there's a bloody war. Wow. Well, if you believe that there's a yeah. conflict coming, put the sanctions on. Do some diplomacy now. Well, that would require a strong chief executive. And as you know, Ambassador, we don't have that. Rick Winnell, appreciate the time as always, sir. Come back soon. So since this is a short show, I wanted to um, wish all of you a fantastic evening. But before I go, I have to say, today was Valentine's Day. And today I had two subpoenas that had to respond. The one subpoena was from Paul Brinkley, who didn't lie. He said he doesn't have them. Or did he never possess them himself? That's right, because they're part of Department of Defense records. But didn't, uh, I'm not going to get into that. But I will say that something curious happened. I want you guys to think. So a couple years ago, a bunch of watchdogs got together and they filed a lawsuit in the state of Georgia complaining about the Dominion machines. And so they did this lawsuit, they put it through, and then a judge sat on it. And they had recruited this really smart guy, John, uh, you know, Alex Halderman, Professor Dr. Halderman, is an incredible human being. If you actually watch his um, school videos, uh, the statements that he's made across the planet in regards to election integrity and um, having safe and fair um, uh, elections in regards to using software, like Estonia is indeed uh, a good uh, benchmark on how to create secure identities for people uh, to utilize technologies in other ways. Um, you know, so he wrote this report and he filed it on behalf of, uh, Donna Curling. 
Now they had one law firm, a simple one, very simple when they filed this suit against Raffensperger, because the idea was that Trump was going to steal the elections and this is why they're checking the machines. <laughs> Little did they know. Suddenly this multi-billion dollar global law firm captures them. And the case goes cold. There's no movement from Raffensperger's side or their side. A law firm that has offices around the world sent a letter to my attorney today saying that he not only represents the initial parties that filed the lawsuit, but that he also represents the expert witness. Like, I'm not a lawyer, but that kind of sounds fishy. And so this expert witness now has this massive law firm that's representing them, global, with offices in China, Europe, Africa, you name it. So as you know, I have an attorney, and Grant, of course, but not officially on this case yet, per se, that um, filed a lawsuit against the judge, Amy Tottenberg, and subpoenaed the Halderman report, because I have a actual request and why I want it. It is to validate my statements that everyone defamed me and slandered me for across the planet. So the judge ignored, didn't object, and simply ignored. Therefore, my attorney in my suit, filed a motion to show cause. Why didn't she respond? She better respond. Well, today the letter we got from the attorney that's oddly representing the expert witness in a case that they're now representing that weren't representing before, you know, sent him a letter saying that if you demand to go through with this, we're going to have to charge you lawyer fees. And it's like, say what? So here's where it gets really weird. The media is all up in arms. Oh my gosh, the Halderman report. Oh my gosh, it's coming out. Oh my gosh, they're hiding it. Oh my gosh, Siza came out. And it's like, yeah, bitches, I did that. That's because there were people in our groups, in our Michigan group and in our Pennsylvania group that were tracking Halderman down, went to addresses, knocked on doors, tried to find him so I can serve him. I served him on January 31st, February. Immediately, they notified Department of Homeland Security, SISA. Siza then popped on and said, oh, you need to like not let this out. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to show that Chris Krabs was totally lying. Can't show that. And apparently the media is reporting that Halderman gave it to the defendants in my case too. So weird. Like what? I don't know if that happened, but we do know that Siza came out because it was acknowledged by that very lawyer. But here's the thing. Let's pretend I fail in my lawsuit in Tennessee and I appeal it. I go to the sixth district. 
Georgia's the 11th district. They have no fucking say in what happens in Tennessee. Therefore, Amy Tottenberg can suck it because she has no jurisdiction over another district judge, another federal judge, and there you go. So yeah, I'm going to fight it and I'm coming. And everything now in the news, while nobody wants to say it, you're welcome. Because I'm not doing it for you, losers. I'm doing it for the people that actually believe in freedom. And and, and the reason that I'm getting it is because I am going to clear my name. I will not allow losers like the suicided attorney general to file a shit ton of stuff and talk smack about me and get away with it. I will not allow losers at vice that throw dildos to the wall to pick what they're going to talk about and, and, and talk about me in that sense. I sign that shit under penalty and perjury. I don't see you putting any penalty under perjury when you write up your bullshit. So bottom line is I need to clear my name. That's why I'm doing it. I mean, it is defamation. I clear my name and then I come for John, plain and simple. If I can do that, I'm happy. Sometimes we just try really, really hard to fight for the things we love, freedom. And sometimes we try to rectify, rectify what we may have had a hand in creating. Redemption is showing that you can make things right. It's not about guilt, right? You don't feel guilt. I don't feel guilty. I feel like, hey, maybe this was happening because it needed to happen like this. I want to show that things can be fixed and broken things sometimes have to break into a million pieces so that they can be replaced with the right pieces. So... As for the news and, you know, people eating crow, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of that. The president was right 100%. 1 million percent. Remember, Don Jr., when he went into that meeting with that Russian asset, right? It was Loretta Lynch that allowed her to enter the country by overriding her barred visa and being barred from entering the country. Not only that, it was Obama's administration using weapons that should have been, I mean, Pegasus, right? And, you know, having a conversation with that with someone a couple of <laughs> when Apple created a patch for it, they admitted its existence. So they turned on Manafort's phone right? To listen to the conversation, to listen to the conversation. So it's not just the wiretap. You got to think of all the other toys they use to listen to shit. Kellyanne Conway, you think her husband didn't ensure that her phone was loaded with shit? Or what about the Iranian florist at the white house who is placing all the fucking bugs with the flowers on the table? How many times have I mentioned the Iranian florists? Yeah, Iranian nationals working at the White House, putting flowers down. So weird. So weird. And then many might say, well, didn't President Trump know? Of course he knew. You just have to catch him. It's kind of like this software that I know about. 
I don't have capabilities. I'm, I'm a dunce when it comes to computers. Uh, that's a disclosure statement, right? But um, there's this um, software that I uh, uh, was very similar to something else I knew. <laughs> and what it does is once you run it on your computer, it creates a cage and traps all the bad stuff going on in your computer. And it monitors it and it follows them and it brings out their path and you catch them all. And then once cyber triage is done, you let them fucking loose. And then you just wait. You wait because you know exactly where they're going, what information they took and where they're heading with it. And so this is how you catch them all because they've been caught. A long time. The thing is, when are the people going to see it? That's what we're waiting for. When the people see it, then it's done. You have to see it. You have to understand it in order for it to be so. Because you will never hear about it. Because the revolution isn't going to be televised. Turn right onto West Prospect Avenue. Oop, that was really weird. Why would it tell me to turn right? Turn onto right onto Ontario Street, then turn right onto West Prospect Avenue. Can you guys Avenue. hear that? Like, where is this going from? <laughs> Who's guiding me? I don't have a map open. That's so weird. So weird. Yeah. Okay. So they're in my phone. We know this. <laughs> So it's giving me directions of where to go. Anyway, um, gosh, that threw me off completely right now. Um, that was super weird. No, I'm not in my car. I'm not going anywhere. I'm like sitting down literally like I don't know why that turned on. Uh, and I'm not in my Tesla. I actually get my Tesla tomorrow. I got my call today. But anyway, I digress. Um, they've all been caught. The thing is, what's the point of catching someone if you can't see it yourself? What's the point of catching someone if you don't see why they're being caught? What's the point of catching someone if you don't see what they're capable of doing and what they have done? There's no point. There's absolutely no point. So at the end of the day, what we have to do is wait for the rest of you to wake up. Now, I mean, for those of you that are religious... Even Jesus didn't show people the way. He would tell them what the way was like. And they would have to see it themselves. They would have to act on it themselves. He didn't take their hand and said, do it. He would just put it down and get along with it. You know, you have to think about it. There's an actual lawsuit against Dominion right now for defamation. And nobody's talking about it. Not even your red string groups right? They're not even talking about it. The big names, you know, Lindell, Powell, Byrne, Giuliani, Clay Clark, Wood, all of them have been attacked with lawsuits. Everyone's talking about it because they want them to fail because they think they're going to win and they need to bring that. But you know, like I told you again, all you have to do is pay attention to CNN. They will tell you everything. Now, is a bid you good night, and I wish you a great day on reflecting on love. My cat's really loving his new Valentine's Day ball toy. Um, please 
Use your eyes and see. You can't touch this. Oh.